So I feel like that's why it, it gets hidden a lot because people don't mm-hmm. want to speak out. If you haven't had these big traumatic experiences in your life, then you're supposed to be happy. And, but it doesn't always work that way. Like we can't control certain things. And so self-love has always been an issue for me. I can come off as the most confident person, but deep down, that's not how it is, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that being vulnerable has always been kind of my thing. That's why social media has always played a part because it's almost like preaching to myself in certain situations. Welcome to Finding My Best Self, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary in every woman. Each week, your host, Pam Rivette, will share practical how-to advice, empowering you with strategies and insights to navigate life's complexities. We'll welcome inspiring guests, women who have defied the odds, transformed obstacles into opportunities, and are redefining what success truly means. From navigating personal and professional challenges to celebrating triumphs in fitness, self-care, and beyond, we explore it all. Whether you're seeking motivation or a spark of inspiration, this is your sanctuary for empowerment, authentic conversations, and a whole lot of real talk. So lace up your sneakers, grab that cup of coffee, and let's embark on this journey together, exploring the lives of women who are making it happen, sharing both the struggles and the victories. Welcome to Finding My Best Self, where every episode is a step towards becoming the hero of your own story. Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Finding My Best Self. Today, I have with me my very dear friend, Mandy St. Germain. Her and I go way back. Mandy was the first person who, I guess, inspired me to really jump into the fitness world. It was something that was always part of my life, but watching Mandy and her journey as a, it was Beachbody at the time as a Beachbody coach. And she kind of pulled me in and we just kind of took off from there. And then, you know, and she also is, was married or she is currently married to someone who's in the military. And I was previously at that time married into the military as well. So we just kind of had similar ground and became friends through that. So I guess, Mandy, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do about your kids, your family? That good stuff. So I'm Mandy St. Germain. I uh, am a mother and stepmom to four girls, and I'm a reading interventionist this year at school. I've been a teacher for about 10 years now, and uh, I dabble in affiliate marketing here and there. And definitely, I've been a military spouse, girlfriend for about 17 years. So, you know, and I, just saying that about being in the military kind of background, I don't know if you remember this, but you said something to me years ago that I literally still hold dear to my heart. I remember you told me, because, you know, I think me and Kenny were dating at the time and you're like, your military friends are going to be your family. And I'm like, that has been true up until this point. Like Mm -hmm. everyone that I have, you know, had connections with has become our family. And so I don't even remember if you remember saying that to me, but I don't. It's, defi- it's something that I I have thought about over the years, and so I wanted you to know that that that's been something that I've taken with me that we've talked yeah. about. So did did you listen to my podcast episode that came out last week? Yes. Did, okay, because I mentioned that on yeah. that podcast. I know episode. It, it, it triggered my memory again because I'm like, it's definitely something that. It, it, you know, you think about it, you, you move to a new city, a new state, and you don't know anyone. And then by the time you leave, yeah. it's like, you're taking more family members with you everywhere you go. So yeah. So I say I have family everywhere now. Yeah. And it's, 
it's crazy because you understand because you're there. And I know people who have been in the military understand, and maybe not even just the military, but anyone who picks up and moves out of state and then goes somewhere to another place where they know no one, like where you know no one, that those people that you meet, you know, because I have friends now that I consider them family, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just different. Like those people that I met then, the the connection or the love that I had for them, I don't know. It's, it's so crazy to explain and under like to get people to understand that when I say that they become family, it's it's on a totally different level. Well, it is because you're you're literally you don't have family, obviously, where you're moving, yeah. and you rely on these people from day one, you know, like for instance, my coworker that, you know, we met and never would have expected our friendship to be what it is now. And she's like a sister to me. Like, you know, you call on these people whenever you need something or you just need, you know, that support because you don't have that family around you. And so even with Mm -hmm. my neighbors, like, you know, you're, you're calling and texting them when you just need someone to, to be there. So it's definitely been something that I've treasured over the years. So, yeah. So part, I, going back to the military. So you've been a military wife, girlfriend as well. You started off as girlfriend <laughs> so and wife. I say that because, you know, we, we dated for like four years and then got married. So been a yeah. girlfriend spouse for a while. Mm-hmm. So for 17 years, and yeah. Mandy, I was married into the military, you know, my ex-husband was in, <clears throat> and I was only part of that with him for about two years. And just those two years was, I mean, to be able to put that into words, the, between just the the one move that I did and the fear that came along with it during the deployment and the emotions that happen after the fact when they come home and then, you know, through the training and stuff for them to get deployed again, like people again, who aren't part of the military or being a military wife, don't see or understand all of the the different aspects and pieces of it that go along with it. Right. So what has that been like for you doing that for so long? Well, I mean, you know, I, I knew Kenny before we had started dating and he was stationed in Alaska well, a group of us took a trip up there and to go visit some friends. And that's kind of where we rekindled, you know, things that we, we had before. And it was long distance because yeah. I got back in July and then he took off to Iraq for 15 months because it got extended. So the whole first, you know, 15 months of our relationship was over the phone. And it, it I think that kind of solidifies our relationship because we had to get to know each other really, really well before we ever really had a relationship. And so I think over the years, that's just kind of transcended into, you know, that he's been on five deployments and we've luckily only moved three to four times. And so unlike some people that move every two years, we've gotten really lucky about being able to stay in different states for at least four or five years. So we have had more stability than others, but at the same time, like you said, it's constantly changing trainings because, you know, you say, okay, oh, he only deploys for nine months, but you got to think two to three months before that they're training. Then mm-hmm. when they get back, you know, they're having to go through all the redeployment situations and having to yep. reacclimate themselves to us and to their work and their life here. So 
it's a it's an emotional roller coaster and i feel like it takes a lot of communication and a lot of trust and just trying mm-hmm. to continuously rebuild our relationship and our family every time so it's definitely uh not what I thought my life would look like, but now I can't even imagine it being anywhere else. So him gearing up to retire, it's going to be a new chapter for us for sure. Yeah. That's so exciting too. I know it's probably so exciting, (laughs) but then it's also probably super scary because all you've known y'all entire relationship has been the military life. Yes. So it's going to be him. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be like the first time y'all having normal civilian in in military terms we say that civilian having a civilian life um how that's going to to be so what's been if you had to say one thing what's been the hardest part and i know that there's probably a lot there's many things not just one but if you had to say like narrow it down to one i think it's honestly when they get back like the hardest yeah. part, it's not even the moving. It's not even like having to adjust to a new area or meet new people. Cause you know, I'm a pretty outgoing person. So that hasn't always been difficult for me, unlike some other spouses. But I think it's them coming home and having to readjust what our normal is to his normal and mesh that together. And each time that he's come home has been different, you know, and it really depends on where they go, how long they go, you know, things like that. And probably coming up, this is probably going to be the hardest thing is transitioning out and realizing what that Mm -hmm. normal is going to be for us and supporting him through it. Because, you know, he's only, he's only been in the military since he was 18. So, this is going to be, he's never like, we just built his resume the other day. He didn't have to do that before, you know, like all these new things that I'm excited to support him on, but also for our family to know that what's about to happen is going to be completely different than anything that we've experienced to this point. Mm -hmm. So that will be the next biggest thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true because I guess what you have to think about is that when, you know, cause we all throughout life, we, we grow and we change as individuals. Right. But when you're married to someone that you're around them often, whether it's every day or, you know, some people they work offshore. So you're still around each other, like, you know, 14 and 14 or whatever. So you're still mm-hmm. around each other, you know, close times throughout the year. Whereas in the military, when they deploy, like you said, anywhere from what was the shortest deployment? He was on seven months, maybe, or something like that. To nine, it's been nine, nine right. to fifteen. So it's 15, always been about nine months, months. Yeah. right? So yeah. you have to think about within those that nine month time frame. Not yeah. only a is he pulled out of civilian life, so people have to understand, like when someone gets pulled out of civilian life and put in another country, where you know the things that they see and do, and they're put in these little caves and they have real life or whatever, you know? And so they just completely change in that aspect. And then having to come back to learning how to be again in civilian world Mm -hmm. at the same time that you've also both grown and changed as individuals and having to almost relearn each other, even though you have conversation and stuff over the phone, it's different because you're not living together. It's just not the same. I mean, you can, and I think it's, it's, making a point. And that's something that this time we kind of struggled with because 
you know, I mean, we're busy. I mean, he was busy. It's, it's an eight hour time difference. So, you know, we're trying to like hit conversations. And then with kids, we've done two deployments without kids. And then the last three, we've had kids. And so it's really trying to give them their time, but then us also have our time to mm-hmm. talk and kind of connect. And so we really had to like dig into that towards like the middle of the, this deployment. It was like, okay, like, we're like living separate lives at this point. Like we really need to bring yeah. it back, you know, make sure that we're on the same page. And so it, like I said, it really takes the communication part that kind of helps everything flow a little bit better, but. Well, cause that's all you have. It is. <laughs> that's all you it have. Is. And like, especially other deployments he's been on when he was in Korea, he had an apartment. He it was much more like a lifestyle there. It wasn't like a, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to say a true deployment. It was considered a rotation. So yeah. He had an apartment and, you know, he was able to go out and sightsee and do things. And so that brought in a different dynamic also. And so I think it's hard either way, but each one's been challenging within itself and just our kids in general, just trying to navigate it. This one, I think for me, it was the hardest one. And I I laugh because it's like, it's the hardest one. It's the last one. Like, go figure. Thank God though, right? I know. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, because my, you know, all of our kids at this point are older and understand and you know, just trying to work through their emotions and mine at the same time was, it was intense. So. Yeah. Cause well, before they were little, they were yeah. little and didn't really understand much or whatever. So right. it was just more so dealing with little babies, which that in itself is hard too, but I can understand <laughs> that, that yeah. they have more of a. It's a different challenge. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. They're more verbal and stuff. Right. So in doing this, you play a single mom role pretty much, right? Because, I mean, you're married, but if Kenny's not here, you are doing it all alone. And Mm -hmm. you share a lot on social media. You share a good bit of your life and you're pretty open. And Mm -hmm. you made it look (laughs) like it was a breeze. (laughs) And I know, I know that it's not. Yeah. I know that that is you know, super, super hard to be that single mom role and knowing that you're not a single mom, you know, it's, it's knowing that you're not, but still having to play that role. Right. What did, what do you feel like you did? Like, how did you manage, you know, when Kenny's going, like, what did you do? Did you have like a structure or a task? And I'm sure it probably changed each time, you know, with the ages of the kids or again, just you growing and changing as a person, but like, what did, what do you do to to be able to manage that? Because I know, and I'm asking because there, I know that there are, if it's not women who are in the military role, but just being able to manage whether they have spouses that work a lot, you know, like my husband works 12 hour shifts and then has an hour. So he's basically works 14 to 15 hours a day, six days a week. So it's like, he's not really here a whole lot, you know, and then right. around here, South Louisiana, we have a lot of people who work offshore. So mm-hmm. they're not home a lot. So there's a lot of women who can relate. So what do you do? What do you do to? So, and I think it it goes to that, you know, your growth, right? So like things that I did before obviously have changed now. I think about the first deployment I experienced, obviously 15 months, we were separated anyway, but the first one we had just gotten married and a month after we got married, he left for nine months to Afghanistan And we had just bought a new house. I didn't have any kids. I was working, but I was home by myself. And I just, you know, recently moved to North Carolina. And so 
that in itself was a growth period for me because I, that's when I really started working out and looking into fitness because it was like the only thing that I could throw myself in. And, you know, I didn't, it's like, I'd go home and it's like, okay, you know, like, what do I do now? No one's here. (laughs) What do I do? So, um, but really diving into myself. And I feel like that's kind of where everything kind of started because I had nine months to really dig deep into what I wanted my life to look like, you know, like this is obviously my life is kind of dictated by his because of the moves and things like that. But like, what could I have done or what can I do? And so started going to a gym there and I worked out like a crazy woman doing Zumba all the time. That's kind of Mm -hmm. where it started. And then when he got back, you know, I had Chloe and we ended up moving to Texas and that's kind of where everything kind of transitioned to beach body and things like that. But I feel like to get through certain things like that, or just, I mean, obviously I've had a lot of other things happen, but each time has brought a new growth period for me. So I make a joke now that like every deployment is like, okay, what I'm going to work on? Like, you know, this is my time to like yeah. dig into myself and to like really give myself that time because, you know, when they are home, it's like, you know, you have, you're like on a routine, you've got every, everyone to take care of. You don't really have time for yourself. And so I find the deployments are just times away. Give me that time to really like set that tone for like when they come back or just when, you know, you have your whole family together. And so my me time is very like critical to me. Like it's something that I don't, go without, even if it's for 10 minutes. So like every morning I wake up when I'm doing my makeup, I listen to a podcast and that's like my time to like, cause I can't always sit and read a book. I'd love to, I love reading, but yeah, it's just not always, you know, time that's time consuming. And so I get up, listen to a podcast and that's always been a non-negotiable whether mm-hmm. I was driving to work, because I used to commute to work a lot, I'd always listen to something or journaling at night, just trying to kind of get my thoughts all in one place. Because of course, I'm always there for everyone else, but I'm not always there for myself. And so really just trying to hone in on what I could give back to recharge my batteries, you know. And so, mm-hmm. and then working out, of course, is just something that I've I've had a love-hate relationship with over the years, but it's definitely something that for me has always like been a stress reliever. And so if I mm-hmm. can do something that, you know, will help me move and kind of reset is always helpful. But like you said, I don't know, it's just it's changed over the years as to, you know, what I've been able to do. Like obviously having smaller kids, I didn't, you know, wasn't able to sit down and read a book where now I can, I can do that. And, you know, I can still wake up early in the morning. And so when I was going to school this last year, every other day I would wake up, drink my coffee, listen to something inspirational, read my Bible and then work out. And then the other days I was doing schoolwork. So I think it's just depending on your season in life, it's just always trying to carve out those moments where you can at least get 10 to 30 minutes of your time to just make sure that you're good because you can't, you know, pour out from an empty cup. I love your answer so much. (laughs) And so (laughs) what I want listeners to hear or take away from what Mandy just said is that, so let me just kind of 
preface this is that when before when I ask someone to come on an interview with me in my podcast, there is no discussion between the two of us other than me telling them why I want them on. And <laughs> I send a list of questions that I would like to ask. So there is no discussion about this is what I want you to say or what I want you to talk about, just the questions. So I love the fact that when I asked you how you manage or what you did to get through those deployments, you didn't give me a list of what you did throughout the day in order to keep everyone on task or what your routine was or anything like that. The only thing that you told me was that you made sure to take time for yourself. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, love that because Mandy, that is, is again, it's part of, you know, my company, my brand that I am creating and my mission and my vision in this company is that just that is for women and moms to see and understand that in life we pour everything into everyone else you mm -hmm. know in your your spouse or your relationship and your children and your job and everything and there are so many women who feel so empty and so depleted and mm -hmm. don't know who they are or what their purpose is in life and what they were put on this earth to do because they're too busy pouring into everyone else and not finding some time in every single day to take care of you. So I mm -hmm. love your answer because that is how you do it. That is how you make it through anything in life yeah. is just making sure that you prioritize yourself. Like you said, even if it's just 10 minutes, even if it's just 10 minutes a day. Yeah. To, I mean, and that's, that's non-negotiable, like yeah, that you non-negotiable, you know, you can't, I can't really realistically say, Oh yeah, you know, you need to work out for an hour and then you need to, you know, cause I watch these TikToks sometimes and it's like, here's my morning routine. And I'm like, who has right. time for that? Like, God, there'd <laughs> right. be no way that I could devote that. Right. I mean, over the summer when I'm not teaching, but like, Correct. You know, and that's why like my content goes like this because I can't always share consistency because I don't have a consistent day ever. You know, right. my it, it changes so frequently that it's but that's my reality. And I do feel that I don't know, it's just something it's a mindset shift because it's literally once I realized because I was, I I honestly feel like before I really started digging deep into like personal development, it was for sure, you know, hit, making sure everybody was good. And then I just caught myself like, this is like, I'm, I'm burnt out. Like I am burning out quickly and I cannot continue to have the lifestyle we had and with kids or just whatever and find that fulfillment within myself. And so I really had to start to carve out just a little bit of time. And like I said, a lot of times it's in the car because, you know, we're constantly chauffeuring at people around. And my kids have gotten to that point now where they're like, oh, mom's just going to listen to her thing and then we can jam out to music. But, I you know, it's it. like they just, they just know now. Yeah, they just know, okay, you know, or a lot of the times we'll get in the car after I'm still listening to whatever in the morning and they're like, can we listen to music? I'm like, yes, let me just finish this first and then we can... 
we can listen to whatever, but we must be in is. the same vehicle and we just don't know it because <laughs> that is my life with my children is in the mornings. They know we listen yeah. to podcasts all morning long on the way to school. Yeah. Cause I have a, I have a 25 minute drive to get the first one to school and then another 15 mm-hmm. minutes with the second one. So they know we podcast all morning long yeah. and then in the, in the afternoon. Yes. <laughs> That's what is. Them up and I'm podcasting. They're like, mom, it's oh, afternoon. <laughs> Turn the music on. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's how it, it is. is. And cause, because there is, no one has consistency. There's no, there's just not some, some days that there might be, and that's great. But for the most part, things change at the last minute all the time. Or, you know, like with myself, I have my children seven and seven. So mm-hmm. the weeks that I don't have my kids, my days look really different right. than the weeks that yeah. I do have my kids. So my schedule is totally different every other week. And that for me, is really difficult because it yeah. means my sleep schedule is different. What I do during the day is different. Everything is different. So I'm constantly having to shift and change. And it's yes. just something that I've just had to learn how to do and to cope with. And, you know, like with you, you get into that routine of Kenny's home, Kenny's home. Oh, Kenny's gone. Now we have a new routine. Oh, it's so fun. So it's just. It is. And he came home this time and, you know, I'm, we have dance like four days a week. And so I'm like gearing everybody up and he was like, I can take them. And I was like, Oh, you're right. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay here and, you know, get my schoolwork done. And then I'm just sitting there. I'm like, the house is quiet. Like it felt so wrong to like actually have help. So I, and I can imagine that's for a lot of, you know, spouses that it's, especially, you know, having like week on or two weeks, whenever he was in rotation, we did every two weeks. And that's even, I think that almost is even harder at times because that's happening more frequently where you're like changing, where mine was like longer durations of time. And so I I think it's challenging either way and just having to find that balance Mm -hmm. of, okay, you know, this is what I have to do for everyone else, but I still need to, you know, pour into myself too. So yeah. This episode is brought to you by MBS Fitco. Excitement is in the air at MBS Fitco as we prepare for our upcoming launch. We're introducing a line of premium activewear designed to seamlessly fit into both your workout routines and daily life. Our versatile collection is perfect for your workouts and equally suited for your day-to-day tasks, ensuring you look and feel your best no matter the occasion. It's not just clothing. It's a commitment to self-care and embracing your best self. Be the first to experience the fusion of style, comfort, and functionality. Subscribe to our VIP list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for insider information and exclusive perks available only on our launch day. Dive into the show notes for all the links you need. MBS Fitco is more than just activewear. It's a lifestyle. Join our community and be part of our exciting journey from day one to celebrate fitness, self-care, and your hero within. Don't just wear it, live it. All right, now let's dive back into this episode. So on the really hard days, because, you know, we all have those really hard days. Like I I know I posted just today about it and we kind of talked a little bit about it. I especially had one of those really hard days yesterday. Thankfully, my children were not here because, you know, it sucks even more whenever I have those days and my kids are here. But I just had a really tough mental day yesterday where I just... For whatever reason. So like, what do you do? Like what on the days when the stress level is high or your anxiety is super high or you're just for whatever reason, having just a mental, mentally bad day? Like what do you do? I completely shut down. (laughs) I shut down. (laughs) But, (laughs) but 
I do. And I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if I really talked about this on my social media. Cause I, I mean, I don't want to only do like highlight reels, but at the same time, like, right. I know that I have talked about like anxiety and depression before. And yeah, I always think back like to check on your happy friends because like I can put on this like happy face and I'm outgoing and bubbly, but I have deep, dark like days where Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I don't know why I've always been like that, but I've always been like that. I can remember even since high school that I just kind of, you know, ebb and flow out of them. And it hasn't been until recently that like I really understand or I really can get myself out of it more quickly, I guess. I, I've never really understand why, but I now I pray and I really like dig deep into that. And I feel like I just, I've always been a Christian, but at the same time, like I feel like lately and over this deployment has kind of brought that up for me is really just digging deep into that because I feel like anytime that I'm that low where I'm having, you know, thoughts about different things and just really down on myself, that that's not coming from a good place. And that's Mm -hmm. not something that I need to dwell on. And so really just digging in whenever I'm having days like that, it's like, okay, I just need to, you know, carve out time for me and really just dig deep into read my Bible and just listening to inspirational things, or I'm a big Joyce Meyer podcast person and she always kicks me out of it. And I think it's, it's being self-aware. That's the word that always comes back to me is just being self-aware of when you get deep down into those dark, dark places. Cause I feel like we all have them when just no one talks mm-hmm. about it is mm-hmm looking at things that you have and being appreciative for the things that you do have. Cause you know, I, there's a lot of things that have happened around me that are way worse than anything that I'm going through. And so I think I Mm -hmm. always kind of go back to that, that it's like, you know, using certain situations or just things that I have experienced, you know, kind of to kick me out of those dark places, I guess. And and I think just kind of dig it into your to your family or you know people that are close to you that understand that side of you that you have been able to share it with and you know they can kind of I know that I, you know I have a friend that I call whenever I need that inspirational side and you know because mm-hmm. I always said you have friends for different reasons and and for different yep. seasons mm-hmm. and so she she is that friend that I know that I can call and say you know I just need to feel feel better and grateful. And, you know, so we just have those deep conversations. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's definitely something I've always struggled with. I just, I feel like people don't talk about it enough because it comes off as like a weakness almost. Mm -hmm. And, or they don't want people to be like, oh, well, why are you depressed? Like you have this, this, and this, or your life's great. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate that because just because someone is blessed with different things or fortunate doesn't mean that they don't have their own struggles, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yes, like it's just, so I feel like that's why it, it gets hidden a lot because people don't mm-hmm. want to speak out. If you haven't had these big traumatic experiences in your life, then you're supposed to be happy. And, but it doesn't always work that way. Like we can't control certain things. And so self-love has always been an issue for me. I can come off as the most confident person, but deep down, that's not how it is, you know? So Mm -hmm. I think that 
being vulnerable has always been kind of my thing. That's why social media has always played a part because it's almost like preaching to myself in certain situations like that and being able to share certain things that I'm going through have helped me. It's kind of like my own therapy that, you know, if I'm sharing about it, then it's, it's helping me work through that and to, to hear other people's stories and to connect with other people I would have never had relationships with before, you know? So that's always been a blessing. Yeah. Did you see the, whenever I posted on Facebook about that, the challenge that I had posted, this was a few weeks back and I had challenged everyone to call or text or just reach out to three people because it is so true. It is so true that it's the people that you think are doing the best or are that, that, that they're great. They look so great and they're so happy. And I'm like, those are the people that are struggling the most. You just don't know it. And they're the ones that need to be lifted up. So just let them know. Well, I went through that for this deployment. I think I hit a low point and I remember thinking to myself, like, I just wish someone would check on me, you know, and I don't, I don't even think I've said that out loud, but like, you know, it's like, I was constantly there for other people. I have that tendency to, to, I'm, I feel like I'm a good listener, you know, and But a lot of people will look at it and be like, oh, she's done this five times. Like, she's fine. You know, she's been through deployments before. And it's like, yes, but they all come with their own challenges. And I was really struggling. And I don't think anybody really knew that, you know. And so kind of battling through that and kind of finding my own peace is is kind of my word of the year because I did. I was able to really... my spiritually, I got really close to God. And and then I I feel like it allowed me to have that peace to where I'm not, I'm not worried about certain things, you know, because, you know, everything kind of happens the way it's going to happen anyway. So I don't really need to be stressed or, you know, have this now, obviously not every day is like that. You know, we still have our, our dark days, but I think just trying to pull myself out of that has been easier since I had that kind of sense of peace about it. So yeah. Well, it's like you said, because <clears throat> it's very true. It's that that self-aware part, the, the mm-hmm. self-awareness. That's the hardest part is just being able to see it and recognize it and understand it when it happens, right? Yeah, because that absolutely. I know that took me a long time, right? Is that yeah. I would have those moments of because I'm we're very, very much alike, Mandy, and I think more <laughs> ways than maybe we knew. <laughs> But I, it's same, the same thing is that, you know, I have those days where it's just, it's super dark, like it's super yeah. dark and it, and it takes, and now again, over years of the work and the practice that I've done, mm-hmm. you know, where it used to, I used to let myself go for months yeah. at a time. Now yeah. I'm able to quickly, for the most part, sometimes it might be a few days at yeah. the most, I think now is maybe just a couple of weeks. You know, I even talked on one of my podcasts that earlier this year, in July of this year, like for like two to three weeks in July, like I was in a really, really deep, dark place. Mm -hmm. Like really, and why? Like, and it just, it just (laughs) happens. Like it just, like I just wake up and then I spiral and I'm, you know, and so it, but it's, it's just, it's recognizing it and sit, taking the time to sit with it. Yeah. You know, even like I said, I I put on social media this morning because I was just being very, you know, true and honest that, you know, yesterday or the last week or so has been really hard for me. And so today and yesterday, I spent an an extreme amount of time, like hours and hours of just journaling 
And because I knew that's what I needed to do. Like I had to just sit with it. Like I had to just yeah. sit with it and think and understand where that was coming from. You know, it's just the, the being aware and of sometimes it you might not know where it's coming from. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it doesn't even make sense. And I, I mean, I get yeah. into it's, it's almost frustrating because it's like, okay, yeah. but why? Like, where is this stemming from? Because right. everything is good. Like, I should be happy. Like, I should be, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And it's like, but you're, I don't know. And I feel like it, that's kind of where I went through it, where I just, I had to find out how to help myself through it. And then also, I think, like I said, sharing about anxiety and stuff like that opened a whole nother door of communication with people. Yeah. When I had my first panic attack when we first moved here, I had never experienced that before. And it came out of nowhere. Like I was, you know, we'd come from Texas to Louisiana. We were back in our home state. So it's supposed to be like this great, you know, time for us. Yeah. But right before that, we had a deployment. I had three kids under five and was on autopilot pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we get here small city, you know, we're moving, we've got an acre land, it's beautiful, you know, all of this stuff. And I just stopped because I couldn't work. Savannah couldn't get into daycare here. So I had to turn down a job. And so I just was going to work from home and everything slowed down. And it's like my body almost went into like fight or flight. It was like, wait a minute, like we're supposed to be doing this and this and this, and you just are not like your life is calm. Like, what is this? And I remember I was headed back from Lake Charles. I went get my hair done with my sister. We had our coffee, like we had a good day and I was driving back and I felt like I was having a heart attack. And it was just like, what is this? Like, where is this coming from? I had my two-year-old in the back and I'm like in the middle of the country. Cause you know, I'm driving right. back up this way. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop at a gas station and just like, was like, I don't, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, mm-hmm. of course they call and so we just moved here. So Kenny has to like call my neighbor that we just met and was like, Hey, my wife's <laughs> having a panic attack. Like, can you come help me with the other kids? And so it was such a turning point for me though, because it really opened my eyes to what other people struggle with, with anxiety. You know, I don't think I really understood it until like it happens to you. Right. Cause you know, you can mm-hmm. say now when people are having anxiety attacks, you're like, Oh, well, you know, just calm down. It's like, no, your body does not understand, understand. that. Yeah. It's doing whatever it wants to do. And it took me about a year to really work through that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, still to this day, we were driving in Branson and I was driving because that's a trigger for me now. Yep. And I had to pull over. I couldn't, I felt like I was going to pass out. And it's like, I've got kids in the car. Like, I can't be doing this. I'm like, Kenny. And, you know, of course they don't always understand. So he's like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to you. It's mm-hmm. just a feeling and I need you to to drive. So yeah, because I've had that, you know, where people are like, well, what'd you do? And it's like, I don't really do anything. I just try and self-aware, like recognize when it's going to happen and, you know, do different techniques that they, you know, mm-hmm. that I've read about. I do like the tapping thing whenever I'm driving, mm-hmm. if I'm really anxious or breathing, or just, I just start praying. And it's just something that I feel like it never gets easier, but I've just been able to kind of, you know, kind of pinpoint it before it gets spirals because that's what's happened. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. So it spiraled out of control for days at a time. And then I couldn't drive for a while because then I was scared to drive and, you know, but yeah, I, I just think that that's part of 
whatever season you're in too. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's going to be easier to navigate things than others. You know, now I can yeah. talk to my kids about it where before they were little and they didn't understand what, understand. what was happening, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's same. I wonder if it's a Louisiana thing because you know that was the first <laughs> no, time that no. I had my panic attack too. I'm was whenever We you. moved back from North Carolina <laughs> and the driving is the trigger for me too Yeah, with my panic attacks. And it was the same thing. We had just moved home and I was driving 45 minutes in New Orleans <laughs> and I was driving and I was like, oh, I was the same thing. Like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm yeah. going to die. Like, it's that's so how scary. I felt. Like, it's it's very scary. And so it's the same thing for me now. It's just I can I can feel them. And it's every time it's when I'm driving without mm-hmm. fail. There's no other time that it happens. And yeah. I can feel them coming on. And it's typically thought triggered. I've, I've, I've realized that for me because and I think it's because when you're driving, I think it's just the open road and the time and the space for your mind to just wander. Yeah. And that's what triggers them for me. It's it's a thought thing. So I can feel them coming on. You know, I posted this on TikTok not long ago and some girl commented on it. It was, you know, telling me like, you can't control panic attacks. They just, that's how you, you're not having real panic attacks because you can't control them. And I'm like, okay, girl, <laughs> whatever. But I'm like, it's not that I'm controlling them. It, it's just that I feel them coming on. Like I you know, know. And so right. it's, you know you what do, that feeling like you is said, now. Yeah. The, and you the know techniques that. techniques um, to try and turn it off or to slow it yeah. down or, or to stop it from being so intense to the point where you have to pull over. And yeah. say, I can't drive because I feel like yeah. I'm going to die. Well, you that's know? the thing. I had tried everything up until that point. I'm like, okay, it's not going away. So like you need to, to take over. And I think too, I didn't realize how many people our age struggle with that until like mm-hmm. I mentioned it on my stories and just started like being open about it because I had wore a heart monitor because like I, I swore I was dying. And it's like... I, I, I hate that too, that that conversation isn't more of a conversation. And I think now, you know, I mean, this was four years ago that it really started. So I think now mm-hmm. maybe it's, it is a little bit more, but a lot of women that were my age said that it had just started in their like, you know, thirties to mid thirties. And I honestly think it's like a hormonal thing too, that like just something changes and we're just more prone to that, like anxious, yeah. you know, feeling and, and those, those thoughts and things like that. So self-awareness is, is honestly, I think the biggest thing, because I didn't think anything of it. I mean, you would think deployments before that and little kids and dealing with all this would have been my stress and then come to find mm-hmm. out it's just being still like I had to be yeah. in it and I just had to work through whatever I was going through. And, and, you know, it's, it's a work in progress every day still, but. So I feel like we've, we, we didn't really (laughs) stay on track with the questions that I had for you, but Mandy, like, I'm really glad that we didn't because I, you know, I'm a big believer in that everything happens for a reason. I think that this conversation is the one that needed to be had and not so much exactly the other questions that I had for you. I guess I'll finish up with this. And I did have this on there because I think that you'll have a good answer for this. So you've been through a lot in the last, you know, just all of your life, but especially, you know, more so in the last 17 years and just living the military life and the single mom life and just all of the ups and downs that you've had between, you know, being the single mom, playing the wife, military wife, and, you're a teacher on top of that. You were just a recognized as well as it was teacher of the year, correct? Which yes. is so awesome. 
and just all of the things that you, and you just finished school again and got another degree, which, I mean, so you've done a lot and you've been through a lot. So with all of that, and then all of your failures and successes and transformative moments and hardships, what what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners? You know, I've, I've thought about this just in general too, with where I'm at in my life, because I feel like I'm at another transitional moment. And honestly, I feel like everything that has happened has prepared me for the next thing. And so I really think that it's just, you know, when you're going through the ups and the downs in life that you really just need to sit in it and to know that like, whatever I'm doing right now is going to lead me to the next thing. And so regardless if it's hard, if it's, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You don't know what you're, you know, what's to come. Cause that's really where I'm at right now. I don't know what's to come, but I have such a peace about it because I know that just like everything else in my life, it has prepared me for the next thing. So I think just knowing that and knowing that, you know, the journey that you ha- you're on in your life, whether it's been easy or hard, is where you're supposed to be and is what you were here to do and what your purpose is in life. And whether that looks like what you want it to look like, you know, it might not make sense, but it it will come to fruition. Everything ends up working out how it's supposed to. And so I think just knowing that and having that peace that you're in where you're supposed to be right now, whether it's you know, a hard situation or you're in the best place of your life. Like it's going to, that that's your journey. And I don't, I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to people all the time. And I think that once I stopped doing that and I really just knew that this is, this is me and this is my story and whether it looks like what I want it to look like or not, because there's been plenty mm-hmm. of times where, you know, I'm like, man, why don't I have this? Like I'm working so hard. Like why, why is that not me? And that just puts you in such a negative mindset that you're not able to really enjoy what you have. And so I think once showing that gratitude for, you know, just thank you for like, I, I think I put it on your Facebook, you know, you were like, what are you thankful for on Thursday? And I'm like, the fact that I'm healthy enough to be on vacation with my kids, you know, or the fact that I'm able to, to, to have what I have or to, to be even doing the things that I can do. And I think that was a huge mind shift for me is not to mm-hmm. compare and just to really hone in on what you're good at and what your talents are and being able to bring that to life. Yeah. It's recognizing I have something on my board in front of me that I look at every day because it's just that reminder that things are not happening to you. They're happening mm-hmm. for you. I mean, just like you said, whether it's good or bad. Good or bad. Um, I feel like the bad even more because, you know, the the struggles have almost created more of of the good in my life than anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, the good is great, but it's really in the struggle that you you really figure out who you Mm -hmm. are, who the people around you need to be, you know, what you need to be doing, where your focus needs to be, and really just Mm -hmm. being able to see that and recognize that. I feel like it's such a hard thing whenever I was younger, but now I'm like, man, if I would have just realized, like if I could go back and say it, it's like, girl, like get it together because like where you're headed is going to be exactly where you want to be. You just Mm -hmm. have to get through these times, you know? And so I think that's why I'm at such, my mom's like, why are you not stressed out that you don't know what job you're going to have and you don't know where you're going to live and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's going to work out. Like I have nothing to worry about. Like it's going to be fine. 
and it's it drives be what nuts. It's but at be. the same time, it's like it's going mm-hmm. to work out, and it it may it may suck. It may suck at first, but mm-hmm. eventually, it's going to be what is best for me and my family. And so we're just excited for the next chapter. Yeah, I'm excited for y'all too. I'm so excited that you get to move home and get back to a. And I'm going to say it again. It's normal. <laughs> whenever you say it that way, but I mean a a normal, a civilian lifestyle, and to see what all that's going to entail for y'all, because it is it's a yeah. very, very, very big change. It's it will be the biggest one yet, but everybody's yeah. excited, even the girls, you know. And we're going to be closer mm-hmm. to my stepdaughter that's in Baton Rouge, yeah. and so you know, just being able to have that, that family aspect that we, you know, I mean, we're in Louisiana, but we're still Mm -hmm. kind of spaced out between my family and his. And so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. And I think for me too, I don't really know what I'm getting into next. And so I, I dabble in everything because I feel like you, you don't really know what your purpose is or what you're good at until you at least least try something. And so that's Mm -hmm. why looking back at my career, it's, it's like this, because I've literally, done a little bit of everything. And, but I can look at my beach body days and say, okay, I know that set me up for this. Or I can look at doing affiliate marketing and saying, oh, that this has supported this part of my personality mm-hmm. that I would have never done before. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, teaching's where I'm at right now. And I don't know what will be next for me as far as education wise, but I just, I know different things that I'm good at. And so I'm just going to try and utilize that as much as I can. And trusting God and trusting the process. Absolutely. That it'll Every all time. Be for a greater good. Yeah. You gave me chills whenever you talked earlier about just getting through the the struggle and how it's the bad things that create the best things because it is so true. That is so yeah. true. And it sucks so bad because nobody wants to be like, oh, I want to go through some yeah. hard stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to go through some hard things well, and, because and it make me better. It's, you know, it's it's not knowing when it's going to happen. It's just being grateful and calm through it and just through knowing. It. And that's that's the difference. And this just happened for me just a few years ago where I was able to recognize it and you know, be able to really take that time when I was going through something really, really difficult and work my way out of it or through it anyway, much better than I had ever done in my life before. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, was getting in that, the mind shift to be able to do that. But that's what it is. That's where it's at is being able to sit in it and and say, this sucks really bad, but these are the good things that could possibly come from this, or these are the things that I am learning and that it's teaching me in this very moment that are for the greater good. And when you can get to that point, that is when you can learn to control your anxiety. You can control Mm -hmm. your stress levels because just like you said, you're, you know, as your mom or your mother-in-law is like, why, you know, Mm -hmm. why are you not stressed out or whatever? And why stress about it? Why stress about it? Why create that stress and negativity Mm -hmm. in my life when it doesn't matter? Yeah. What you try to do or think yeah. <laughs> or say, it's going to be what it's supposed to be no yeah. matter what. So don't create stress that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, you know, I did therapy for a little while and it was always like fear is that 
you have fear of something that you don't even know if it's going to happen. Like you're literally adding Correct. fear to your life for no reason because it could happen that way or it could not happen that way. And so I feel like mm-hmm. it was finally that piece like over the summer where I was just like, okay, I was spiraling, you know, because I was overwhelmed. I had a lot going on. I was in school and it was summer. So, you know, I'm at home with the kids, you know, trying to navigate life. And it was finally like a sense of peace that came over me that was like, I can look back and everything that has led up to this has been for the next thing. And so I'm like, I already know it's going to be, it will be fine. And you know what? I'm not saying that there won't be hard things or something might not happen, but I have peace in knowing that whatever it is, I'm prepared for it or I'm being prepared for it. And so I will be able to work through certain situations, whether they're detrimental or they're amazing, you know? Yeah. So that, that's been my biggest lesson through this deployment. And of course, just, you know, making sure that I'm taking time for myself because we do get wrapped up into everyone else's lives and what they need and things like that. So it's just trying to, to balance it all, even though it's impossible. (laughs) Well, I am super excited for you guys. And I know I've told you before, but I am so proud of you. You have been so inspirational in my own life and just following you and your journey and getting to know you and just watch you grow throughout all of these years and everything that you've been through, I truly think that you are the epitome of superwoman in my eyes. (laughs) Just watching everything that you do, you've really, really inspired me. You really have. Well, and I want you to know that that what you're doing is such like a moment for me because I feel like this needs to happen. Like what you're doing and the message that you're putting out and I feel like that's going to inspire so many more people to to do what what you've been saying for years, what I've been saying for years is just to to realize that there's so much more to us than being a mom, a wife, a friend, a daughter, you know, that we have yeah. to tap into that. And so I feel like I just I'm excited for your podcast every week and just, you know, what you have what you're giving out and I do feel like that it's just been amazing to watch the process from from the start. And so I'm excited to see where it goes. Thanks. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. So close us out. Tell us, you know, my, my fun question that I like to ask at the very (laughs) end, what does finding my best self, the woman beyond the Cape mean to you? Oh man. That's so, it was, that's a tough one. I've pondered on that for a while, but I definitely think, you know, it's really just digging deep into your own wants, desires, feelings, and, and I don't know, like giving it ownership and knowing that, you know, whatever you have to offer that you were put on this earth to bring that to someone or to do something with it. And I, I feel like a lot of us get so wrapped up into things that we lose ourselves. And so I think, of course, all women have capes. Like we do all kinds of stuff, you know, but it's yeah. definitely finding your best self is knowing what you, what your purpose is. And I know that people throw that around a lot and you're like, oh, I don't know what my purpose is. Your purpose is going to be whatever you can, every time that you think of it or you, you know, you're doing something that it's literally, you can't get out of your head, you know, that it just keeps coming back. Like that's what you need to really hone in on. And that's going to be, what's going to help you find your best self. I love that answer. (laughs) 
Thank you again so much for sitting with me today and interviewing on my podcast. It means the world to me that you were on. (laughs) So I want you to know that. If you enjoyed the episode today and something resonated with you, or if you feel that maybe it'll resonate with someone else, please leave us a review, um, share it with a friend and check out the show notes. Um, I'll put some information about Mandy. If you have any questions, reach out to us on social media. And also you can also check out the MBS Fitco website as well. I'll have some information on the new active wear line coming soon. Yay. I can't wait. So that's it friends. We'll talk again soon. Y'all have a great day. As we wrap up another episode of finding my best self, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you for joining us today. You being here makes the journey much more meaningful. Remember, every step you take, no matter how small, is a leap towards discovering and nurturing your best self. If you found value in today's episode, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. Your subscription helps us reach and inspire more amazing women like you. And if you could take a moment to leave us a review, it would mean the world to us. Your feedback not only supports our growth, but also helps other women find this empowering space. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend, family member, or fellow hero in your life. Every share spreads a little more empowerment and inspiration. And for an extra dose of motivation and community support, don't forget to sign up for the VIP list for MBS Fitco. By joining, you get exclusive access to our premium, versatile activewear and fitness essentials, carefully designed to inspire and accompany you on your self-care and fitness journey. Follow us on our social channels too for daily inspiration and a peek into our latest collections. You'll find all the details and links in the show notes. Joining our VIP list is more than just a subscription. It's your entry into a world where fitness and self-care are celebrated and every step towards wellness is cheered on. So until next time, keep shining, keep striving, and keep celebrating the extraordinary woman you are. Thank you again for tuning in to the Finding My Best Self podcast, where every story is a step towards finding your hero within. We'll catch you next time.